What's going on, everybody? This is the Searching for Something podcast where we look at everything and anything from every angle to see if there's something worth talking about. And today, I want to go down the path of identity formation and the ways work and overall careers are changing with talks of AI and artificial general intelligence. We'll get into that, but I want to share with you how I even came to think of this overall arch of ideas that I'm going to be presenting here. And it starts with show and tell. I'm talking about when you're a little ass kid, you know, it's primary school, kindergarten, elementary, you know, I don't know when they stopped showing show and tell, but I know I at least did it in kindergarten. I know that's where maybe it started, maybe pre-K, after school programs. I don't know. I think this is happening. I know it's happening because I did it, but the frequency of it, I'm not quite sure. But I know it's still going on. Show and tell. The kid shows up to a circle and they show their favorite toy, their favorite shirt, um, you know, a cool nickel they found on the ground before class started. And that's what they wanted to show. You know, little kids are creative and they're hilarious. And to me, show and tell is always interesting where I started to think about it a little bit more deeply right now. I'm like, you know, this is kind of where kids learn to flex on each other. This is really the origins. You know, it's that little kid, he's got a better toy than you. Cry about it. That's what he brought in his show and tell. His toy's bigger. It's like, whoa, why are we taking it there? It's like, that's how people are thinking in their simple little kid head. This Their material possession started becoming an aspect of their self-identity. And you can see that even nowadays where people are just flexing what they have. And whether it be this Rolex watch, this cool Lamborghini, you know, just here in my garage, I read a book a day, you know, it's like there's these things like that. No hate to Ty Lopez. I actually think the character that he's been able to create is super interesting case study on self-identity and how he's been able to monetize this certain group of people that want what he has. So honestly, from a mere outsider looking into what Ty Lopez is, it's actually fucking insane what this guy has been able to do. So I can't hate game. If somebody's putting up shots in the gym, I ain't going to hate. But that's a digression from people right now still that you know. There's probably a few names that come to mind. You're like, oh, yeah, this person is all about their material things. And there's not much more than that. I've come across plenty of these people. And whenever you try to go beyond and and break through the veil and start talking about other ideas. I'm not pulling a fucking Jaden Smith right now where it's like, oh, what you know, I just want to be around people that talk about the economic and political state of the world. No, 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 no. That's not at all what I'm talking about. Fuck Jaden Smith. At the same time, I feel bad for Jaden Smith because he's grown up in such a toxic environment of... Uh, I'm mainly by that I mainly mean Jada but at the same time I don't know what Will is like behind closed doors Um, but I just know if she's essentially letting him do anything he wants and is exploring psychedelics at a super super young age you know you're gonna get these pretentious Hollywood like statements of why isn't anybody talking about the political and economic state of the world I'm not pulling a Jaden Smith by all means here, but I'm just saying there's more to talk about than 
the shirt you're wearing or the shoes you have or the watch you're wearing, the car you got in on, the vacation you were at. Actually, the vacation part, that one's a little bit more up for debate because there's plenty to learn from the traveling experience. But I'm sure there's also people that you know where they have traveling become their identity. That is all that they can ever talk about. And there's nothing that you can pivot or shift to because that will just remind them of another memory of a country that you haven't been. And it's like this air of superiority that comes over. I There's people that do this but are genuine about it. And you have a real conversation and a back and forth. But then there's other people who use traveling as their grown-up toy for show and tell. This is what I brought in for show and tell today. My trip to, you know, um, you know, the Czech Republic. No hate to the Czech Republic. Just a random, you know, European country where people are like, oh, that's interesting that you were there. You know, why were you in the Czech Republic? Usually there might be a story behind it or I don't know. But you understand the point that I'm trying to make is that there's people who will latch on to certain experiences or material possessions and they say, yup, this is me now. I am now this thing because this thing is held high in public regard. And if I can deeply associate myself to that, then you will also hold me in high regard too because it's already been validated by millions of people. So really, it's just a, a deep longing for, for validation. And I completely get that. I mean... That's all we want as humans. We're pretty primitive, you know, in what we really desire. We want to be held in high esteem by other people and respected and, you know, seen and heard, validated by a community. None of this is, is fucking crazy. No one's taking crazy pills here. So I see where they're coming from. And the whole journey of identity formation is interesting but before getting into like defining what identity formation is, there's also kind of these people on the flip side, right? Where there's the material, the materialists, they love everything, material, designer, things that are expensive, because that means one, you don't have it, so I got it. it, makes me better than you. You know, there's those people. But then if we go on the opposite end of that spectrum, what ends up happening is actually kind of comical, where there'll be people who will really try to convince you they have no ego, that they have had these super profound psychedelic experiences and they've uh, detached themselves from traditional Western ideologies and they reject, you know, fucking consensus or whatever. And meanwhile, they're tweeting this on their iPhone and it's like, dude, you are, you're, you realize what you're doing right now, right? Like you're not off the grid. If you're off the grid, then maybe you can get away with saying that. But you obsessively telling me you have no ego means your ego is showing. So it's like, dude, put that shit away. Like there's fucking real people around and they don't want to hear that bullshit. So it's either life's a spectrum and we all fall somewhere on there. But those are the two extremes on the left and right where... Both of them are douchebags. Both of them are assholes. It's just the certain crunch to the chip was a little different. You know, one's Lay's, one's Ruffle. At the end of the day, it's still a chip. 
it could still be the classic flavor, but it's a little bit of a different crunch. That's the way I'll explain it. And so what is identity formation? Well, if we looking at let me not pull anything out of my ass. Let me fall some let me follow something that's been put up online. We're just going to click on the first link that we see. I see psychology today. If you want to dig deeper, that's on you, but according to what it's saying here on this website, Identity formation involves three key tasks. One is discovering and developing one's potential, choosing one's purpose in life, and finding opportunities to exercise that potential and purpose. Your identity is also influenced by parents and peers during childhood and experimentation and adolescence. So why am I bringing this up? Well, people frequently attach their interests to their identity since what they engage with is essentially an outward expression of said identity. And so the reason why I bring this up and why I prefaced in the very beginning talks of artificial intelligence and topics like artificial general intelligence, which we'll define so we understand the way that at least I'm conceptualizing the ideas. And, you know, you may have your own thoughts and opinions on what the, how these things should be defined, but the reason I'm bringing this up, the reason, the reason I bring this up is because with things like artificial intelligence, which right here we'll define using ChatGPT4, artificial intelligence refers to the development of computer systems that can perform tasks typically requiring human intelligence, all right? These tasks include learning, problem solving, perception, decision making, and language understanding. So let's fast forward that a little bit to artificial general intelligence. Because if you're listening to this right now, you're like, oh yeah, I know what AI is. It's a term we can't escape. It's consistently being thrown around. Yeah, I know what that is. But what is that AGI part you mentioned? Well, according to ChatGPT, the way they're, they're defining it is that artificial general intelligence is a more advanced and theoretical form of AI. AGI represents the ability of an AI system to understand, learn, and apply its intelligence to solve any problem, much like a human being. The way that Sam Altman, which is one of the founders and CEO of OpenAI, which created ChatGPT, he essentially defines AGI to perform tasks as just like an average employee or whatever. If you've ever been on a team and you and you've been able to pinpoint who the worst person on that team is, but they're still not getting fired because they're still producing, you know, results. There's still oversight that needs to be, you know, that needs to be done. Hoops that they need to go through. That's why they're the bottom performing, but they're not so bad to get fired. That's essentially AGI. And that's kind of the way that he's looking at it. And so the reason I bring up self-identity, identity formation, and talks about AI is because what career are you in right now? What are you doing for work? And if you're in college or in high school and you're listening to this, do you think that what you're currently doing as a you know, job to get some money, whether that be at the grocery store or Starbucks, do you think that's going to be around forever? And even the people that are in you know, more lucrative white-collar jobs like finance and accounting and law there's all of these very quote-unquote prestigious industries and roles where 
artificial intelligence and talks of AGI is kind of scary. It's like, whoa, am I going to be homeless, chilling under a bridge, just fucking crushing up blueies since they're a dollar a pop down the street and now I'm addicted to fentanyl? I don't know. Maybe that could be you. Hopefully that's not the case. But the reason why I bring this up is because the future of work is changing. And so what is not changing? That's something that I want to talk about because if we're able to identify what's not changing, then at least that gives you room to be able to think and assess the situation for yourself and see how you could best position yourself to be future-proof, right? Like you want to future-proof yourself. Why do most people go to college? Well, they go to college because they want to learn skills to get a job, to make money. And if what you're doing right now is soon to be automated by a computer, how are you going to provide said value if the computer is much more efficient and quicker and faster? There's no lunch break that needs to be taken. They're not taking a 30-minute shit and scrolling through on X on their phone and on Instagram and DMing memes while they should be working. Computer just performs the task. And what they're going to be paying it is essentially just in compute costs. Whatever it costs to run it, that's what they're paying it. So it really beats you in every aspect. Any category you'd want to break down, any metric, it's going to be better than you. Probably even tells better jokes. I'm really curious to see how AI is going to, you know, what their take on comedy is. I mean, for right now, the best thing that is out there is Grok which is essentially Elon Musk's chat GPT. He's like, yo, let me make my own now. And their whole value proposition is that the data that it's you know uh, built on is X data, you know, Twitter. A lot of people call it Twitter and they say they refuse to call it X. I think X sounds cooler. And I was never really on Twitter when it was called that. And so I ever really only started and been posting consistently every day is when it was called X. So for me, it just sounds cooler and I've been using it since it's been X. So that's why I'm saying it. I'm not using X to be an Elon dick rider or anything like that. There's a lot of people that dick ride him on the platform. And so I'm not doing that by any you know, stretch of the imagination. I just think it sounds cooler and I appreciated the branding change. But the reason, oh, so, oh yeah. So I mentioned that because of Grok. And there's something built into that platform, which is called like fun mode. I don't know if that's what it is exactly, but I don't have it. I have ChatGPT, but I don't have Grok. Doesn't make sense for me to have it since I already have one that I think performs really well. But they have a fun mode and it's, you know, supposed to make the answers funny and interesting. And although I could see how they're saying that's comedy I'm, i can see why someone would think it's funny and sometimes the answers are funny but i think comedy is always going to remain an art form that's going to be dominated by human it's similar to like art now that we see like computers are getting really good at abstract art but i just always think that there's a human soul component that can't be reflected in art or like that can't be reflected by a computer. So art to me is almost synonymous with soul, human soul. So comedy is an art form and I don't think uh, 
But then I guess that's when an artificial general intelligence discussion could maybe come in and they start living their own lives from start to finish. And maybe they have their own set of experiences where they start to do reflect what would look like a human soul. I don't know. But I'm still going to double down and say that comedy is always going to be one of those areas where it's future proof because it requires elements of the human soul. But things like finance and accounting and law, that doesn't really require any aspect of the human soul. If anything, it requires you to suspend aspects of the human soul when doing something like an attorney. And, you know, you know somebody is, is um, guilty of a mass murder. And you may believe in the principles of law, and which I do as well. But, you know, it's, there's part of you deep down probably where you didn't want to do that. You know what you're doing is maybe a little bit wrong, but you have the skills and the experience to get paid a certain amount of money. So you say, to hell with that side of my moral compass. I'm going to value money more in this exchange. Whatever the, your rationale is, the reason I bring this up is because so many different industries are going to be impacted by artificial intelligence. As I just stated, art is going to be one of those last kicking and screaming ones where it's going to be hardest to overcome. But what's something that can't be overcome? That is you. You right now, the listener hearing me speak. Right now, you, you are something that can't be replaced. Maybe you could be replaced at your job. That's for one, but you can't be replaced in your family. If you were to get hit by a car and you're in the hospital, you're going to have somebody show up. And if you don't, if you're in a position where there's nobody that would show up for you, reach out to me. Let me know now. Now you at least have a guaranteed one person to show up in your hospital bed. So no excuses out there for feeling like you're alone because I just gave you an open invitation for me to pull the fuck up on your hospital bed. And I got the Henny Black and I say, yo, where the hoes at? I'm going to bring them. I'm going to bring them. So no excuses on that point. But nobody can replace you. And you have a certain set of interests and passions and hobbies where you're an interesting person hopefully hopefully you're not just a consumer and if you are then you probably remain on that part of the spectrum that i had you know outlined earlier in this uh stream of consciousness right now which is being that materialistic fucking shallow asshole so if you are a normal human being and you have interests, you can really have the world know you. And so this isn't necessarily a pitch for content creation, but I just want to walk you through how I'm thinking about this. So let's look at the shift in perception of what is work, okay? As we go through the future, there's current generations right now that have essentially been born with iPads in their hands. iPad kids. This is a real fucking thing. And the more I start to see my friends and my friends' friends have kids, I'm starting to see with my own eyes children operating iPads that are not even a year old. And they are 
interfacing with technology and they are on YouTube and they're watching videos, they're absorbing content. And when we look at TikTok, yeah, it's still kind of cringe when you see somebody in the mall or the movie theater or any public area and they're making a video. Like, everyone's like, oh, look at this fucking, look at this pussy. Like, dude, seriously, you drank the Kool-Aid. You're brainwashed. Everyone kind of just, like, tongue-in-cheek, elbowing each other and like, yo, look at this fucking idiot. Yo, 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 you a content creator, bro? How many followers you got? <laughs> this kid. Nobody fucking likes this kid. Yo, what's your channel, bro? Let me look into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever talk to somebody and they follow up anything you say with yeah, 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 just know, one, they're not listening to a single word you're saying, and two, they essentially want you dead. They think you're a piece of shit. They think you shouldn't be taken seriously, and they won't take you seriously. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they'll say it as you're speaking the last word. There hasn't even been a period to your sentence. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you let me speak? How do you know you'll agree with me? Maybe I'm about to fucking pivot in the last second and you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the reason why I'm bringing up TikTok is because kids, you know, even though everybody's kind of elbowing each other and you know, making fun of the people that are creating content, there's kids that are in that same age bracket within the same generation where they just look at that as normal. You know, you see so many kids that are just making TikToks in school. They're in the school bathroom, they're in class, and they're just making videos. And this has become such a norm in these younger generations where there's going to be kids right now, the current iPad kids, that have been exposed to content creation, just content creators, you know, not some big conglomerate like Disney and Pixar, because if that was the case, then the majority of people still alive today have been exposed to them to some degree, unless you're Amish or you're just living completely off the grid. And at that point, like, I just want to shake your hand because one, you probably have a hella firm handshake. And two, there's probably some shit you're going to teach me about the world. Okay. Because I'm not going to get my wisdom from some PhD that went to an Ivy League or Stanford or something like that. I'm going to listen about life at least. Maybe about going through the corporate ladder, hoops to jump through, conversations to have, how to successfully you know, network and navigate a startup scene, an ecosystem. Then yeah, 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 at that point, for sure, you have a lot of value to provide me. And I'll listen with, with and you'll have all of my attention. And all my focus, you'll have it all. Boom, here you go. Here's my spare change. Here's a cigarette. Boom, let's talk. That's great. But when it comes to life advice and wisdom, there's there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. People who are very knowledgeable, I will listen to them all day because they know whatever it is that they are knowledgeable about more than I do. And so I'm willing to open my mind and learn. But when it comes to wisdom, you can't accelerate wisdom. You can't just bottle it up and swallow it like a pill. And now you have, you know, 40 years experience when you're 14. I see so many kids on X that are supposed to, that are like supposedly life coaches. It's like, my boy, you are 15 years old. What the fuck do you know about life? Okay. Like 
you play Fortnite. I see your likes. I'm seeing the content you're engaging with. The fuck are you going to coach me on life and business on? But I respect the hustle, though. But respectfully, get the fuck out of my DMs. Like, for real. But I respect the hustle. That's what it comes down to. If you're putting up shots in the gym, like, yo, that's respect. Keep putting up shots. I'm never going to not game. I will never not game. Even if somebody's not even getting close to hitting the rim and they're hitting the, they're not even hitting backboard. They're hitting nothing, just complete air balls. I say, yo, I like that, though. I like that energy because there's people right now that are able-bodied that have all of the talent in the world, but they're not in the gym applying it. They're not grinding. They're not fucking just at least putting up the shot. So the fact that you put up a shot, well done. You know, I, I love that. That's something that's great. So to bring it back, what is your self-identity? Who are you? What's your brand? You have a brand. Everybody has a brand. If I ask you that question, you say, I don't have a brand. I'm going to slap you upside the face because I can open up your phone right now and and say, yo, let me see your Instagram. I'll go on to your explore page and I can go through your explore page within five minutes. I'll probably be able to give you a three word little, you know, uh, like slogan for what your brand is. Let me open up your TikTok. Let me look at your for you page. Let me open up your social media. Let me see what your algorithm is. At this point, I don't, when somebody says, I want to learn more about you, tell me about yourself. And they start speaking, I'm going to say, you know what, respectfully, I didn't listen to a single word you said. Let me just see your phone, my boy. That will teach me everything that you need to know. Right there. Let me see it. The info is right there. It's in your digital footprint. Let me see the footsteps. Where did you come from? You're now, we're on a trail. Life is like a hiking trail and I'm chilling on my campground. And now you're in my camp. And I want to see the footsteps that led you here. How the fuck did you get here? Where are you coming from? That will teach me more about what you know about the journey that we're both sharing than you telling me about that journey. Let me just retrace the steps. So retracing the steps these days, you'll load up that IG. If you're on a date with the girl or you're on a date with the guy, whatever the fuck you're dating. And that question comes up. Hey, tell me about yourself. Flip the script on them. Say, no, 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 no. Let me see your phone. Let's actually play a game right now. You show me your explore page and I'll show you mine because then that will be a more accurate representation of material that I'm engaging with on a daily basis. That will tell you more about somebody than what they'll be able to tell you in a fucking 30 minute conversation instantly right there. And then your conversation at the dinner table is already so much more interesting than what a lot of these boring dates end up being. I mean, I didn't get to this point to like give dating advice, but just know when you're asking basic ass questions of like, you know, where are you from? And you know, what are your hobbies? Although these are interesting questions that you'd want to know you want to know where they're from you want to know what their hobbies are but when you ask it in this like basic formulaic way then it starts to feel like a job interview and then now we're getting a degree separated from intimacy and now we're kind of like in the realm of professionalism and once you get into that once you throw on the like professional hat you're now out of the running for what a potential prospect could be so just know that 
that's kind of like some free game right here. I didn't mean to even discuss that or go into that, but what is your brand? Who are you? What is it that you're trying to communicate to the world when you put on clothes? What words do you speak? What brands do you like? Which ones do you dislike? All of this will show you what your brand is. And I think a great example of somebody having such a well-developed brand where when they flipped the script, they made everybody question what the fuck was going on. And that generated so many impressions, so much money that it's really an interesting case study to tie the main point of what I'm trying to express here. And so before we get to that main point, I want to talk about who is this figure you speak of? Is it Voldemort? Are you allowed to speak his name? Yes, I can. His name is Snoop Dogg. Okay. I would imagine everybody listening to this podcast right now knows who Snoop Dogg is. I would be really surprised if there was somebody who said, I don't know who Snoop Dogg is. No, who is that? And even the people who vaguely know who Snoop Dogg is, if I said, yeah, he's a massively successful music artist, actor, business mogul, TV personality, you know, what else? Those people who even vaguely know him, they'll be like, oh, yeah, he loves to smoke weed, marijuana, right? He smokes. He likes to smoke, right? They will know that. That's just something that he's been so deeply associated with and and the thing is like you have to emphasize the smoke weed part because there's people just smoking anything nowadays i saw a video where there was somebody inhaling computer duster and that caused them to crash their vehicle and somebody pulled up and was filming was like dude are you good like what the fuck's going on and he's still inhaling it and he fell out and he's bleeding so yeah he smokes weed to be specific. And why is that relevant? Why am I bringing it up? How does it have anything to do with self-identity and the future of work and artificial intelligence? Why did you bring that up? Are you just fucking... What are you going on about? Are you Kanye, like, on a rant? Or you, do you have mental illness? No, it's not the case. And I don't believe he has mental illness, but that could be its own episode. And if you want to fight me on that... Let me know. I'm more interested in having that conversation. But the reason why I bring up Snoop Dogg is because he did a very, very interesting campaign, advertising campaign, where he first, what started this campaign was a post that he essentially put on all his platforms, all his socials, and it was his hands in kind of like a prayer um like prayer like fashion they're both put together and they're on his chin and it's a picture of him kind of like looking into the distance and he says after much con after much consideration and conversation with my family i've decided to give up smoke please respect my privacy at this time this had everybody just like up in arms like what the fuck is going on there was a lot of jokes about you know, Grand Theft Auto 6, that's been something that has been, it's been in development for over 10 years. Supposedly, they spent over $2 billion on the game. One of the most expensive games in history, or I guess the most expensive game ever developed in history. People are like, 
Snoop Dogg really gave up weed before Grand Theft Auto 6 came out. It's been an ongoing joke that it keeps getting extended and extended. And now the release date on that is 2025. Grand Theft Auto itself could be its own episode because there's a lot to unpack there. But that's just a quick little shout out. Snoop Dogg posted this advertisement. Do you want to know what the result of this advertisement was? So this stunt and this whole thing is for a brand called Solo uh, Stove's parent company, Solo Brands. And it's a fireless um, oven right here. I'm looking it up right now. What is it? A Solo Stove, a company that produces smokeless fire pits, pizza ovens, and other outdoor appliances. And so... Just by him posting about this, occasionally he was putting on his story of like these vague things of like him, you know, taking in the natural earth and like sober life is a clean life. And there's a lot of this stuff where he's playing into the idea that he gave up smoking weed. And so this whole stunt amassed more than, and this is according to the greenmarketreport.com, where they did a whole article breakdown on this. So this is where I'm getting my numbers from. Supposedly, according to these numbers, it amassed more than 31 million likes, comments, and shares across his campaign content across Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and X, formerly Twitter. It drove 1.2 million brand mentions on those social posts and news articles and generated a total value of 43.5 million in exposure. A solo stove spokesperson said in an email, global news coverage of the campaign also produced over, listen to this, produced over 19.5 billion overall impressions worth an estimated 37.5 million in media value, she added. This man has such a well-known and crafted self-identity where him posting something that's contrary to his self-identity which is him being deeply associated to marijuana and everything that comes with that he even changed his name to snoop lion where he was having his reggae phase this guy's smoking weed this guy smokes if anybody smokes it's snoop there's videos of him literally like at a at like a festival and he's smoking a blunt and he ends up passing it to the security guard who's on duty mind you this guy's on duty in uniform and he shrugs his shoulder and smokes because when snoop dogg hands you a blunt you smoke it that's just the unwritten rule of society when snoop dogg passes you a blunt you smoke that bitch and so him talking about giving up the smoke produced over 19.5 billion overall impressions that is fucking insane none of that would have been possible if he didn't craft his identity if he didn't put out these ideas the only way we know snoop loves to smoke weed is because he tells us he loves to smoke weed Okay, he has songs that reference it. He's very pro marijuana and so many different engagements where he'll smoke in interviews and he has 
on record many times discussed at length how much he smokes. So this is the only way these things work. And it ties it back into the future of work is changing. The only thing that can't be replaced is you. If you are in a coveted white-collar job today, you might be homeless under a bridge, crushing up blueies, addicted to fentanyl one day. And if you want to avoid that pitfall and the trap of fent, fenty, um, see that's the there's dangerous part of creating like drug names that are catchy, because then it makes the drug kind of cool. Then it's like, hey yo, that's fent. It's like, yo, why is fat sound? Why does that go hard though? Hey, yo, why, why was there an overdose? You know, you're, I'll be walking this city, and there'll always be a group of paramedics that are out and about. Those people are, you know, really at the front lines of helping people. Like, really, hats off, and my utmost respect goes to paramedics and EMTs because they are front line foot soldiers that see it for how it is. And every single time I see them, and it appears to me that they're helping somebody that might be overdosing. I always ask, I'm like, hey, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, it's an OD. I'm like, oh, um, what was the drug? And every time they say, fat. And I'm like, yo, why are they making it go hard, though? Like, why does that sound? Yo, he just, he did fat. So, oh, yo, why why didn't you go to our party last weekend? You know me, man, I was just on that fat. Like, oh, yo. It's like almost like lean, double cupped up. It's like lean wasn't cool until people started talking about the double cup and they got the Jolly Ranchers. Now it's funny. Now it's kind of funny. So now people are going to do it ironically and get addicted to it unironically. That's kind of the cycle. But develop who you are. That's really my main point here is that like start putting shit out. Will people think it's cringe? Maybe. Do people think maybe even this podcast here is cringe? Maybe. I don't fucking know. I'm just listening to G-O-D. And he's saying to be M-E. To be F-R-E-E. So that's all I can do is just follow and listen to what I'm being guided by. And this so happens to be the direction that I'm getting pulled into. So understand in yourself what's getting pulled into you. What are you interested in? You can monetize any interest you have now. That's the insane part of the world. Life is just a video game. You need to know what the controller looks like and what each button does. And once you know that, you can play. So create. Have fun. See what the fuck is going on. You'll be surprised on how much money you can make that's out there. The amount of reach that you can have. The impressions, the impact. So I'm not saying this is to be fully-fledged content creator, go out there and make everything and put your face and name to it. It's like, no, I mean, a lot of things are done anonymously. You can have a faceless, nameless um, YouTube channel where you talk about what you're interested in. Could be fishing, could love to fish. You could just throw on a GoPro and record what you're doing, and eventually you amass an audience of people that enjoy how you fish and your commentary. So to me... You need to put up shots. And if you're not putting up shots, don't bitch about shots not going in. So really, that's what it comes down to. Life's just a game of reps where you put up shots. And if you're going to bitch and moan about riding the bench and not getting playing time, we'll show up at practice and just put up shots. Because none of this happens overnight. This is all a journey. 
right? Where life's that trail, you pinpoint the mountain that you want to climb, that's your vision, and you just start walking every day. You know, the Pacific Crest Trail, a hike that spans from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada, something that people, it's a journey that people embark on every year. And it may seem impossible, you know, it's over 2,000 mile hike, but you just show up every day and you walk and you walk and you walk and eventually you finish. That's any endeavor, that's any skill, anything you want to get good at, that's what it ends up coming down to is put in the reps. Put in the rep. Just show up every day. And don't make goals too big for yourself. Because when you do show up, we get overly excited. And, yo, I got to have a six-pack by next week. You ain't going to have a six-pack by next week if you don't have a six-pack right now. That's going to take – that could take a year. That could take two years of consistent hard work every single day. So it just depends on what you want. And the thing is a lot of people aren't asking themselves what they want because they just – Follow through with the motion. They accept everything as is. And once they identify what it is that they want, they're either too deeply entrenched in this world that they've built where their life now has kids, they got bills, and they can't just up and leave, and they don't have a big reserve of cash to just sit on. So people get caught up. You simply get caught up. Life's all about not getting caught slipping and not getting caught up. So you be the you decide what you want to do. All I'm saying is whatever it is that you want to create, just know you have a fan. And that fan is me. There's people around you that might inherently love what you do, but I am always trying to root for anybody that's putting themselves out there. They're in their gym, they're putting up shots. Whatever it is, just let me know personally. Reach out to me on Instagram. Isaac.Avena um, or on X, which is just at Isaac Avena, whatever, on one of those two platforms, reach out to me and be like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is what I'm thinking. I'll root for you. And fuck, I might even talk you through it if you needed somebody to bounce ideas off of. But this is how much I believe in coming together to create. Because so much of our life is based on consumptive habits where you're watching TV, even reading. Even reading is a form of consuming. We talk about reading being such a good thing, but that is you consuming. How much of it is you writing? There's a lot of interesting ideas that you have. We're listening to music. What about you making music? It could be anything. This isn't just specifically made for people that aren't you. And I think it's really easy to think that when we see things like Instagram, that's this highlight reel of everybody's perfect achievements in a perfect world under perfect circumstances. And you can feel like shit, but just know that that's all perfectly curated for you to think and feel those things. It's show and tell. Instagram, LinkedIn is just the grown up version of show and tell where people try to flex materials, accomplishments, all in pursuit of social validation and social acceptance more social acceptance acceptance and validation and respect and everything really really just comes down to please love me it comes down to love we really want to boil it down is because of love people want to feel loved so here's how here's what i can do to make you maybe love me 
And that's why people fall in love with the grind and working and money and material because they think that's what will get them the girl. Will it attract a girl? Yeah, it will. It'll attract people for sure. It'll attract anybody, really, that's attracted to those things. But if you want something a little bit deeper, a little bit bigger, a little bit more genuine, then you need to look past the trap of the material world that they lie to you, that they sell to you, right? Um, and don't get me wrong, do we need money in this world? Unfortunately, we do. Even to live off the grid, to live basic, to live off the land, you got to be rich. Where the fuck are you going to get that homestead from, that estate with that property and the truck and the tools and the gardening and this and that? It's like, dude, that costs money. That None of that's cheap. So even the people that are farmers, like hats off to those people too because they're putting in work. Every day someone's putting in reps. Just what do you want to focus your time and energy on? You know, you want to work on chest? You want to work on back? You know, some people love their back. Some people were blessed with the... You know, an awesome back, so I don't need to work on as much. So now let me work on chest. Well, I don't know what you want to do. Do you want to work on where you're weakest at or you want to double down on your strengths? That's for something for you to decide. But for me, I always say double down on your strengths because of things like artificial intelligence and artificial general intelligence where if you don't know how to code, I maybe wouldn't be spending all your time and energy on learning how to code if you are highly proficient in something else like public speaking. If you're incredibly proficient in public speaking, then maybe double down on that, where now you can charge a fee. And so now it comes to the point where there's all these no-code tools that are coming out, and the infrastructure has been built by so many smart, just highly motivated, driven people. Like, there's really awesome people out there in the world that are so talented and so intelligent where they put their mind to use and they built the hard part for you. And so now really it's just a game of, you know, plug and play. It's a puzzle. Just start assorting what the puzzle it is that you want to bring together. You're like, oh, okay, this company does that. Here's this technology. They do this. They do that. Okay, boom. It You know, is this easier said than done? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Speaking is always easier than acting, right? I can always say... The perfect example of that is is fighting. Everybody knows how to fight until they fight somebody that knows how to fight. And then that's when they learn that they don't know how to fight. And you really see that lack of knowledge when people are watching uh, a mixed martial art fight. You know, UFC, for example. Everybody says, yo, that guy's ass. It's like, dude, that guy would fucking kill you. You don't know anything you're talking about. So... People are always going to have to say something. They're always going to think that they're experts in areas that they're not. But really try to ask yourself, what am I good at? Where are my strengths? Do I want to double down or do I want to become a little bit more of a rounded, well-rounded person who has an idea of all these different things? That's for you to decide. I don't know. But if you do want me to be part of that process, then... Feel free to reach out and follow me on X or Instagram. Like I said, Isaac.Avena or Isaac Adavena. But that will conclude the Searching for Something podcast. I really hope that this is making you think a little bit about why you're here, what your skills are, and what the future looks like for you. So until next time, I'm really appreciative and grateful for all of the listeners that we've been able to amass up until this point. 
I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Being able to look at the Spotify wrapped and seeing all the amazing statistics and like people joining from different countries. So much love, so much gratitude. And just know 2024 is going to be a big year. We're going to be shifting to more video oriented. We'll get a YouTube channel. So for my listeners on Spotify and Apple, YouTube will also be another option. That's something that's going to be available in 2024. So really looking forward to building that further with you guys. But until next time, thank you.